Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Simsisms. Watching molasses grow. The fourth quarter drive, 17 plays, 75 yards. I mean, geez. It's like watching molasses grow. <laughs> Is it, does it do that? I don't think it does. Uh, mold. Mold. Mold, mold Maybe grows. Mold. Yeah, moss mold. grows. Yeah, right. Have you used that mold. one before? I don't think I have. That's a new one. <laughs> oh, 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 God help me. Oh, that's a walk-off. Oh, I was not aware right. of that See one. See you later. Oh, I'm out of here. Oh, my God. Oh, that's some of your best work. Thank you very Bravo. much. Thank you. Thank you. I do some of my best work around David midnight. Sims. Yeah. Watching molasses grow. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, well done. Well done. We know what you mean. They know. They know who we mean. All right. It's PFT Live. What the hell is and molasses? What, does molasses grow? Does it grow? I don't even know what, what the hell I was trying to say there altogether. It was 1150 on a Sunday night after a long day. I'd been talking for an hour or something on my pod already. So I was hitting that delirious point, And I don't really know what I was trying to say there exactly. I really don't. <laughs> Molasses is a viscous substance principally obtained from the refining of sugarcane or sugar beet juice into sugar. Molasses varies in the amount of sugar, the method of extraction, and the age of the plant. So it's a very sweet, syrupy, thick, slow. It's slow. Molasses is slow moving. So you were in the right ballpark. Right, right. You were just on the complete opposite side of the <laughs> yeah. field. Yes. But we know what you meant. Anything that is boring and slow and tedious is like molasses. And look, I think we all needed a little bit of a laugh this morning. We're not going to get into the details. There are other news channels out there that will handle all that. But another mass shooting in America. And I'm frankly surprised it's been so long since the last one. I'd hate to think that counts as progress, but it, it's been a while since we've carried this weight around that is kind of always there. But as I've said before, it's just kind of a sad commentary that one of the risks you assume when you leave your house in today's USA, not any other country, here, hit by a car, struck by lightning, 
piano falls on you from overhead and somebody shows up with an assault rifle and starts killing people. It's just one of the risks you have to assume. And I don't mean that as a bit. I don't mean that as a joke. It's the truth. You j- if you're going to leave your house and go out into public places, this is one of the risks that you assume in this country. Nowhere else. Although, I mean, t- in theory, yes. But it happens here with a frequency far more troubling than anywhere else. And so we're here to give you a break from that. We're here to focus on what we're here to focus on. But we would be remiss and we would be not human. We would be inhuman and inhumane to not at least acknowledge we see these things, we're affected by these things, and we wish there was a way out of this crazy-ass maze that we found ourselves in. Yeah, it's crazy. Mike, I'm, <clears throat> and I'm not going to lie, I didn't even know. I didn't. You know, I, 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 I didn't see it before. I don't even know. When did it happen? Late last night? I mean, I, I went to bed. 7 o'clock. 7 that, o'clock last night in Maine. 15 dead, yeah. uh, up to 50 injured. Guy showed up in a bowling alley and elsewhere, and they still haven't caught him. Wow. Usually, the guy's dead. Wow. He's at large. Yeah, I didn't I so, didn't know. I was kind of having a night of just on the couch enjoying some comedians on Netflix and doing stuff like that. And then in the morning and I go I went to bed at a good hour and then in the morning I'm like I'm all football and all the show. I try not to look anything else. Like and I'm kind of hard pressed for time anyways. So I'm I'm hearing about this for the first time uh um shocking. Shocking but not shocking like you're saying. Uh it is a little too yeah, commonplace yeah. in this country. It's sad. And again, that's not why we're here. We're here to provide a break from that. But I, when it happens, it just it, it's just a reminder of this mess that we're in that I don't think we're going to get out of it in my lifetime. I hope we get out of it in my son's lifetime or his children's lifetime. But it, it just feels like something that no one has the will, the ability, and the courage to cure. All right, let's get to football. And we're going to preview tonight's Bucks bills game Next segment, we're into week eight, and this is the first Thursday night of the year where we don't dominate the discussion from the outset of the show with preview of the game. But we'll get there. We'll get there. And and it is week eight. I'm not going to say I can't believe it's week eight. I can believe it's week eight. The calendar tells me it's week eight. But the season, as it always does, is moving quickly. And the big news yesterday came out of the blue, but anyone who watches this show or listens to it, was not surprised. We talked about it on Tuesday. Brock Purdy, the 49ers quarterback, got rocked on a quarterback sneak late in the game. Here's Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the 49ers, announcing that Purdy is in the concussion protocol. Well, he started getting symptoms on the plane. Uh, so we found, found that out when I, we landed. We were all pretty asleep, but then he got all checked up today, and now he's, or yesterday, and now he's in the protocol. Does he have enough time to clear protocol in order to be available for the game on Sunday? Oh, yeah, he does have enough time. Just, just got to go through the process. When you watch the film, where do you think he hurt himself? Quarterback sneaks, maybe? Uh, possibly. Uh, we're not, we don't know for sure because um, he didn't start getting into the plane, so I don't know exactly, but I'd probably guess that. If he's not clear by Friday, would you say he hasn't practiced? So, uh, you know, does, do you do that? Or- no, I mean... Brock didn't take a practice reverse um, Seattle on Thursday night football till pregame warmups, and they had to shut those down a little bit too. So he didn't really get a real rep that week till play one, and he played pretty good. So we'll probably stick with that. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You know, we talked earlier this week about how the league has gotten lax with injury reporting. It's also gotten lax with a rule that coaches aren't supposed to say anything about when a guy may come back from a concussion because anything that is said could be interpreted as some sort of pressure to get the guy back on the field, even though ultimately it's an independent doctor that makes the call. And there's the play. It was the third and short. The field level doesn't show it. I noticed it watching the game. Jordan Hicks comes in hot, helmet down, and blasts Brock Purdy in the face mask area. I was concerned from that moment. We talked about it Tuesday. I watched him very closely the rest of the way to see if anything was amiss. He threw both interceptions after this hit. But how do you not get affected? Look at how the neck snapped when that helmet came in and hit Brock Purdy. So to no surprise, the only thing that surprises me, Chris, is no symptoms emerged until the flight home. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it's just it's as simple as a headache, right? And feeling maybe a little woozy or just not yourself that way. And that emerges the adrenaline, the blood flow of the game, the intensity of the game. Sometimes, you know, you, you could have a headache or whatever else in the game. You don't even really realize it because you're just so focused on the task. I, I did see some of the things he said post-game press conference, and I, I remember thinking. He's fine. He's yeah, fine. Right, right. Fine. You didn't see anything there that, like, you went, oh, yeah, he just seems a little off or he's a little, you know, remiss about some things or whatever else there. But, you know, it goes back to something we've talked about a little bit, you know, throughout time here with this tush push is, hey, this is going to be one of the ways to defend it. This might be the only way that's going to scare, you know, some teams away from it. And Hicks, yeah, lowers the head. I'm not mad at him. It's the only thing he can do. People are around his legs and his body, and he's going to try to get a shot at the quarterback, let alone Harrison Smith comes in a little late and tries to get another one. Yeah, go ahead. What? Hang on. Before before we end up creating a 45-second clip that's going to be everywhere on Twitter today, Chris, Jordan Hicks lowered his helmet and made forcible contact with an opponent. He's getting fined for that. And if he doesn't, he should. He lowers his helmet and goes in, rams in hot. I don't care what play it is. You're not allowed to do that. It, It rarely gets flagged because they don't see it in real time. But 
I will not be surprised at all. I'll be surprised if he doesn't get fined for coming in, helmet down, and ramming Brock Purdy. And second, Chris, it wasn't a quarterback push play. It was just a quarterback sneak. Yeah, regular sneak. quarterback Christian sneak. Christian McCaffrey's yep, back right. there. It's just a regular quarterback sneak. It was inartfully done. If you're going to do a quarterback sneak, you don't stay high. He stayed high, and it was open season on the quarterback, and that's what defenses are going to do. The next play is the one where he did the Tom Brady. I see a crack. I'm going to dive through it. You don't get injured that way. It was the one we saw where he tried to go high. Don't go high. Whether it's quarterback push, whether it's quarterback sneak, what are you doing going high? They can't help You're it inviting sometimes. You're a defense. You can't help it. That's well, why I hope Jordan Hicks do doesn't get suspended or fined either. There's nothing he can do. There's the, what? How? What? So what's he gonna do? Touch him with his hands as he goes by? No. Like uh, people are at yes. his body. The only thing he has a chance to hit with is this right here. And then and also Brock Purdy's going and in head first foul. with his head it's down. Well, Brock Purdy's head's down right. too. You know, it, it's it's that to me well, is too much nitpicking there. If that's the way it's gonna be, the only way you can stop it is going well, in. Can we show it? Kind of head first. Show it again. Yeah. Right. Show it again. Yeah. But you're not allowed to go in head first. That's the problem. Mike, they they, the they, let, they, they, they say a lot of things aren't Watch allowed, Hicks. and they're allowed all the Watch time. Hicks. You know, you're not allowed to Watch lower Hicks. your head as a ball carrier, right? I mean, Watch it gets Hicks. away with it all the Watch time. Hicks. Fine. I don't they get care. Fined for it. They right. get fined for what it. What else is he supposed Chris, to do? Then they have to Chris, stop the play. You're on. not allowed. Hang on. Yeah. Hang on. You were in the meeting in August when they made it clear to us the amount of fines – for players lowering their helmets and making forcible contract dwarfs the number of flags that are thrown. It was shocking to me. Yeah, I the know. They love to take players' money. I and know. the warnings. Yes. Well, but my point is, he's getting fined for this. Okay. And I understand from a pure football standpoint, what the hell else is he going to do? The people who make the rules would say, anything but lower your helmet and ram Brock Purdy in the head with it. But when, the, the when the QB sneak out. guy has his head right. down, like I, it's hard. Where else are you supposed to hit him, Mike? What are you supposed to do? See, these are things that's just it's over-talked about. I don't care that he hit him in the head I, or did any of that. Telling you. I don't. It doesn't right, matter. Man, it's the only the thing that's available the to hit him with, Mike. Then we got to take quarterback sneaks I, away, Mike. You can't do it. You know, Their head's out there. And well, a lot the, of the, there's but, no other Chris, place to hit them, but Mike, there's no other body part you can hit them. They're engulfed by people. The only way to stop them is go up high, and unfortunately, up high is where the head lays. So I, I don't really have a soft spot here for anything there. Now you're right; he'll probably get suspended, or it means fine. But I I don't agree with suspended. that either. Fine. Yeah, I don't yeah. agree with that either. Now now look, but the the whole purpose of this is to get players away from using their helmets as a weapon. And the difference is very simple. You go in with your face up versus you go in with your helmet down. He drops the helmet, and this rules for his safety too, to prevent Jordan Hicks from having a neck injury. Drop down that helmet and ram it into Brock Purdy. Whether it's, I have to stop this guy, whether it's open season on the quarterback, which you know the defensive players are thinking about, even though if you say it out loud, they cancel you. That's part of football. Open season, free shot on the most important player on the field. We know the defensive players think that way. They've thought that way for decades, and they used to talk openly about it pre-Bounty Gate. Since Bounty Gate, it's something you got to tiptoe around. But that's part of the reality. Yeah. And my point is, they've outlawed that maneuver. And we saw it get used in that moment. It's going to be interesting to see what the NFL does about it. Because Hicks, it's the classic. It wasn't 
If it was in the open field, we would have called it targeting. But because he was in the scrum of players or the mall, as the rugby purists would insist we say, it's less noticeable. But you know it when you see it. When the player goes into that posture of helmet down and shove your body, that's what he did. And I know Purdy had his helmet down, but he wasn't doing it into someone. He's just trying to get the yardage. Hicks comes in hot, helmet first. And, you know, the point is, that's apparently what caused the concussion. I know we're not supposed to speculate on injuries, but we know he's got the injury. Now we're going through the forensic process of figuring out how it happened. And I watched that whole game. I only saw Brock Purdy get hit in yeah, the head Yeah, that's the only one once. that jumps out to me. And it right. was that one. Right. And I think yeah. Shanahan kind of alluded to that, too. You know, and, and again, I'm not for trying to hurt players or do anything like that, but there's very – we're getting to the point here where we're taking away all avenues from the defense to deduce certain things, and that's where I have a problem. I mean, yeah, you, you know, that, that's where I don't love the fine aspect here. If he comes in face first, leading with his head, they're probably still going to find him. It doesn't really matter because they're going to say, well, he launched at his head. He tried to hit him with his head. He still he used his – so lower his helmet. So, uh, yeah, I, I get Bruce that. But he's lowering still launching, the helmet. He's still launching at the other guy's head I mean that's what he's doing but he has no other choice there so he's that's where that. it's a little not little different that. you know um but 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 I you know again I, I, I feel for these defensive players I understand he's going to get fined but there, there's like very few ways you're going to be able to stop that and it's going to be continuing of guys flying over head first and heads are going to hit at times because it's the only thing you got momentum-wise or anything there to stop the momentum of the quarterback sneak. Uh, so, yeah, I, I understand. It's it's not a pretty, and I'm not suggesting we want to hurt people there. I'm just saying it's a hard play for Hicks, and he's got a f- very few avenues in which he can create force to actually stop the quarterback there. And And just so we're clear on this, it wasn't the quarterback push play. Whatever you choose to call it, I don't like – Tush push. I don't like brotherly shove. Both are a little too cutesy for me. Quarterback push is what I choose to call it. And it wasn't that. It wasn't what it wasn't the that. He do. got pushed in it the back by Christian McCaffrey still. I mean McCaffrey showed up late. We can show it again. McCaffrey was there very late on the scene. Yeah. It wasn't the orchestrated, we're gonna put a bunch of guys around the quarterback and shove him forward from the snap. At the end, McCaffrey comes in. The overhead shot shows that he's already taken the blow to the head when McCaffrey shows up on the scene. I've watched this thing like 100 times. There's McCaffrey coming in. He's already been hit in the head. And McCaffrey doesn't even push him. He pushes 68. Yeah. So it wasn't like we see what the Eagles do with two guys around Jalen Hurts shoving him from the moment he gets the ball. And and, and, takes a big blow from Harrison Smith, too. Harrison Smith hits him right in the head with his shoulder and head as well. So he takes two good ones yeah. here, right? So, I mean, well, the, the combination it of it could do it. The only thing that surprised me is he was fine for the rest of the game. He was fine for the postgame press conference, and it wasn't until on the plane home that he had symptoms. And, look, we know how football players are. He probably fought him off as long as he could. I'm shocked he, he even said anything. That's the first thing I told my he, wife last night. I would go, "Do you mad? can you imagine me going up and saying, I, I got a headache to the doctor? They were, she was like, no. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I would I would have never said anything. Never. I, I was surprised by that. And alone. We're not saying that's right. I know. We're not saying it's right, but yeah. we're saying it's real. Yeah. I remember when Ben Roethlisberger, in a game against the Seahawks, yeah. volunteered that he was having concussion-like symptoms, and there were people who were like, this is a sea change. That's the first okay, time ever, right? It's not. 
Right. Roethlisberger knows he's not getting Wally pipped by anybody. He can tap (laughs) out anytime he wants. Right. Well, Brock Purdy's not coming out because now here comes Sam Darnold. So your your human nature. Yes. However you justify it to yourself. This is what we signed up for. This is football. I worry about it later. I'm young. I'm strong. I'm healthy. This will go away. I'll be fine. Right. The, the, The things that were part and parcel of the culture for years and accepted and are still part of the culture, but nobody talks about it. It's still there. Yes. He's not going to voluntarily give Sam Darnold a chance to play so well that Kyle Shanahan might do to Brock Purdy what he did to Trey Lance and what he did to Jimmy Garoppolo. Because <laughs> Shanahan just wants to win games with the best guys he can get. That's and right. he won't think twice. If Sam Darnold comes in and has a 158.3 passer rating and looks like the second coming of Joe Montana, do you really think Kyle's going to say, well, I'm sorry, Brock's the starter. we got to go back to Brock. If Darnold comes in and lights it up, Darnold's going to hang around for a while. That, that's that, you know, At some point, that whole you don't lose your starting quarterback job due to injury thing. That just went out the window. Anytime a backup's in now and plays well, it's instantly a talking point. It's happening with the Giants and Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones. It's happening with the Bears with Tyson Bajant and Justin Fields. And if Darnold would play, if he ends up playing, and I can't imagine that Purdy's going to get cleared between Monday night and Sunday to play, but it's up to the doctors. It's not not our area, but it's a six-day turnaround. Seems a little quick. If we're going to be concerned about long-term trauma and what if he gets a concussion in this game like the Tua thing last year when right. it was Sunday and Thursday, even though it was a concussion on Sunday, right? But if Darnold plays really well, it, it, there you go. And we, we both know, and you've been saying it for years, Kyle loves Darnold. This is his chance to drive that car, take it for a test drive. Let's see if I've been right all these years about Sam Darnold. And he enters the game if Purdy isn't cleared with an opportunity to beat the Bengals and give Kyle Shanahan something else to think about at the quarterback position. Well, uh, listen, you, I mean, you said a lot of things that are correct, totally. I don't know if I totally agree with you if he just goes out and plays really awesome that he'd continue to play Sam Darnold. I don't think it's there quite yet. Brock Purdy, of course, has been doing some unbelievable things last year into this year. Now, if it was like, you know, maybe consecutive games, something of that nature, you know, okay, maybe I could see that that happening. You know, certainly. But but what he does have a chance to do, nonetheless, to your point, Mike, is if he does play well and plays really well and they win the football game and then Brock Purdy comes back and maybe continues to stumble a little bit like we saw these previous two weeks and that continues, yeah, then he's got a chance to, you know, spark a conversation. And then, of course, he's going to put a, a memory in Shanahan's head about, yeah, the performance he had about the Cincinnati Bengals. If Shanahan believes in Sam Darnold, we'll see. But, I mean, the big point here, you know, whether we argue about the quarterback sneak or all that, is that the the 49ers are losing their starting quarterback in in, in all of a sudden a huge football game for them, right? A game where we sat there and went, oh, they lost to the Browns. They should have beat them, but they missed the field goal, and they didn't play their best. All right. Whoa, wait, they lost to the Vikings. Now it's two in a row, and you got the Bengals coming to the town who were – you know, not exactly going to feel like they're kings of the world right now or on stable ground, especially in the AFC North and the AFC in general, to where this is a kind of a big, I don't want to see a must-win game, but it's getting towards must-win-ish a little bit when you talk about, hey, they want to keep pace with the Eagles and they want the first seed in the NFC playoffs. And, uh, of course, the Bengals coming off a bye week, that's where it makes it really interesting and, and adds to the intrigue of the game that was already a big game. 
You know, we talked about this last week with the Chiefs having the 10-day break after a Thursday night game to get yeah. ready for the Chargers and the Chargers playing on Monday night. I know right. that the folks at the NFL got a lot of stuff going on when you set the schedule, but we always hear the chest thumping or see the chest thumping and the bragging about the computer modeling and all the things they do to come up with the best possible schedule. How do you end up with one team having two weeks between games and the other team having six days between games? Yeah. At least give the team that's facing a team coming off of its bye week a full week to get ready. Right. It just seems unfair to the 49ers to have six-day turnaround. Bengals have 14 days between games, and now the 49ers scrambling to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. Um, and regardless of whether or not Kyle Shanahan believes in Sam Darnold, and we know he does, the betters don't. The line moved from the 49ers as five-and-a-half-point favorites now to three-and-a-half-point favorites. So it's a two-point difference from Purdy to Darnold, according to DraftKings, and, uh, and we'll see. But it is a critical game. It is. The Bengals need it. The 49ers need to stop the bleeding here. Right. The, the Seahawks have two losses. The 49ers have two losses. And, you know, you, you, you're getting into a point where after they destroyed the Cowboys, number one seed for the 49ers. All they got to do is handle the Eagles later this year, number one seed. Now, wild card, potentially, if, if the Seahawks are in a position to compete with the 49ers, then there's that great force four-game set coming up starting Thanksgiving night where the Seahawks have the 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. Seahawks still a factor, especially with the 49ers losing. They need to turn it around, Chris. And that's why I think there's a chance, given the magnitude of the game, if Darnold plays well in this spot, has a big game in a big spot, and helps stop the bleeding, it gives Kyle something to ponder as the 49ers go into their bye week after this Bengals game. And they come out of it with a trip to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. So I just, you know, we've seen all sorts of crazy stuff the past few years, especially with the 49ers quarterbacks. All I'm saying is if Darnold should come out and have a game where we're all like, holy crap, who's that guy? It gives, it gives Kyle something to ponder as he goes into his own bye week and gets ready to take on a very good Jacksonville team. No, it, it, I, you know, it, it certainly will make him confident in his backup if Brock Purdy stumbles, doesn't, you know, goes through the bye week, continuing to have symptoms, whatever. There, I don't think there's anything he can do this week to do that. I don't. And, and again, I don't know that, but I do know my friend a little bit there, and I know how ecstatic, you know he is and was in the offseason to have a quarterback that he felt like could really run his system and he could frame the team around him too. And the belief in Brock Purdy is real within the 49ers organization, you know, within the, inside the brain of Shanahan, it's real, right? So I don't think he'll go there yet. I don't, you know, I, I, no matter what. Even if he goes 158.3, like you said, uh, I still think he's going to make this. This is Brock Purdy's football team. He's earned the right to do that. But it'll put pressure on the situation, to your point. And I think that's what it'll do 
And if Brock Purdy doesn't play well or continues to have hiccups like we've seen the last two weeks, like I've said, then, yes, Sam Darnold will be in the back of Shanahan's mind. But I think right now it's still the Brock Purdy show. There's still great belief in him. He played really well the other night, really throughout the game. It was really just the two, right? I mean, he missed the the two interceptions and he missed the the one throw to, to Kittle, right? And other than that, he played pretty flawless throughout the football night. Uh, and I don't think the you know Shanahan or the 49ers are, are ready to abandon that, no matter how good Sam Darnold plays this week. And both of those interceptions came after Brock Purdy took yeah. that blow to the head. Right. And and look, even though we saw nothing from him on the sideline, they had a shot of him after the game. He was fine. You, it's hard not to wonder. Yeah, I that, hear you. Right. Was he fighting that at some level? Was he because a little foggy? What, the bell got rung, right? Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. Old just, school. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there where I'm like, wait, my my bell rung, my bell was rung. I probably got a concussion. You know, didn't back in those days, I, I can remember late in a college game, one kind of having those feelings. I got hit right in the side of the head. We were playing Oregon. And I can remember, you know, the day after the game going, you know, the game was kind of fuzzy after that play there, actually. And, you know, now that it's almost like it was like a dream. It like wasn't wasn't real there, and that that can happen as a football player. And again, I think the emotions and the intensity of the game and your blood's boiling and everything like that. You know, you can kind of just swipe stuff like that under the rug, and you don't really realize it until after the fact. And you come down, and you start to go, "Damn, wait, wait, I'm not thinking all that clearly, and I'm not as sharp on on my toes with things here, and I am having to think about you know what's going on a little bit." And and I can imagine that that might have happened here with this situation. I had a conversation with someone last night about what the spotter looks for, what the doctors look for. Yeah. And it's more driven by behaviors after the right, hit right. and the quality of the hit. Mm-hmm. I think there are circumstances, and my understanding is there'll be kind of a casual check-in on a guy, not take him to the blue tent. Yeah. But come when over, someone how you notices doing, a big hit how like you feeling? that. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure anybody noticed it. I, because without the benefit of that overhead view. Yeah, you can't see it. You really didn't see right. that he got rocked the way that he did. Uh, the 49ers defense got rocked right before halftime. That was something Chris and I spent a lot of time talking about on Tuesday. The play call from defense coordinator Steve Wilkes to send seven men after Kirk Cousins on a third and 15 with 16 seconds left. Cousins connected with Jordan Addison, even though Traverius Ward had the ball intercepted. Addison took it away and ran in for the touchdown and just changed all the momentum going into halftime, giving the Vikings a nine-point lead. Here's head coach Kyle Shanahan talking about the decision by Steve Wilkes to call that cover zero blitz, that all-out blitz, that send seven and keep three back to cover man-to-man the three guys who went out into a pattern. Here's Shanahan from yesterday. You know, as you guys, I think, talk to him tomorrow. Uh, he knows he messed up on that call. I have no problem with zero blitzes, um, um, especially when people need a lot of yards. You know, if you need to get 20 yards to kick a field goal, I have no problem with a zero blitz. Um, but I do when there's 16 seconds left, and I, that's where he lost track. There was no necessary need for that just because of the time. I have no problem with the call. Got to, But, I mean, I have no problem with that play call, but when it's that time, you can't do that. It's not an option. Okay, Look, I've got real questions about this, and we talked about this on Tuesday. I have a hard time processing and accepting what the role and responsibility is of the head coach 
who completely delegates one side of the ball to the coordinator on that side of yeah, the ball. Right. There's a fine line between delegation and abdication. Yeah. And I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of your buddy kind of pitching Steve Wilkes under the bus. I mean, he said at the outset he's going to talk to you guys tomorrow. Why not just say Steve's going to be available to you tomorrow. You can talk to him about it then. Right? Well, I think that, I think saying, I think you get it out of I think you get it out of the way. It, it, again, it, it, not that I have inside info here. I have not talked to Kyle Shanahan. But he's the kind of guy, Mike, that I think kind of just takes it head on and like, let's get it out of the way. So we have another day of, you know, hemming and hawing and people writing articles and everybody's got to go ask our players and all that. Like he just gets it out of the way. So it kind of takes, you know, steam out of the subject a little bit and and it becomes a little bit less of a distraction. That would be my two cents again. And knowing how he handles it, I know it's, it's a tough situation either way. But that's would be my what my at least what I think he is thinking by doing that, okay? But knowing full well that Kyle Shanahan is not a fan of the annoying headline at PFT. <laughs> yeah. Headlines along the lines of Kyle Shanahan throws Steve Wilkes under the bus, which wasn't a headline yet at PFT, but still could be. The day is young. I I just wrestle with this. And I and J, our, our good friend JJ Watt got involved in the conversation on Twitter last night. I you're the head coach of the team. This is what you said on Tuesday. He's the head coach. What are you doing as Steve Wilkes is calling a cover zero seven-man blitz with 16 seconds left in the half? If you know it's something you're going to say after the fact he shouldn't have done, where are you to stop it from happening? You're the head coach. Where are you to pull the plug, yeah, break glass it. in event of emergency, hit the kill switch? J.J. eventually acknowledged, could have called a timeout. And, yeah, it would have given the Vikings more time, but you call a timeout. Yeah. Anybody, look, so many of my lessons about football come from playing Madden. When I get myself in a bad defense, when I'm playing Madden, and I know, uh-oh, uh-oh, you call a timeout. I'd, f- fine, the offense gets to pick another play. But I get to pick another play, too, because the play I picked is caca, and I need a different play. So I, I just... I, I, I'm fascinated by how this works. And here's the, here's the distinction. And I hold Kyle to a higher standard because I've said before, I think he could be the next Bill Belichick. Sure. You know damn well Bill Belichick is in position to hit the kill switch on anything that's about to happen on the field. Anything. Well, why, why aren't we holding other great coaches to that standard as well? Why sure. is it okay to say, oh, he's sure. delegating. Yeah. He's delegating. Yeah. He's abdicating yeah. in that moment. No, I, I think it's fair. I think, I think again, uh, Kyle's a big boy. You know, I'm his friend. He, he knows that, yes, he could have done better in that moment. There's no doubt. In fact, I would be, sh- I would be shocked if he didn't learn from that moment. You know, again, I don't know if we have the play that we could show, you know, and again, it, I haven't talked to him or anything. But if we show some of these replays, like here, pause it right there. He's at the top of the screen. He's looking at a Microsoft tablet there, just a little back right there, white shirt next to the referee, right? There's another thing we're going to see right there on the 34-yard line. So, you know, he. this is the problem a little bit when you're the play caller. Have you see in the background right there? Rewind it. There he is, right? Let's go back a little bit if you can, Pete, just a little bit. Thank you. Good job, Kristen and everybody. I didn't mean to be annoying or bossing you around, but see him there. So, you know, to your point, <laughs> right, here, here he is where, yeah, he's a play caller. He's a head coach, and he's looking at things on the Microsoft tablet. And 
you know, maybe didn't process what Steve Wilkes actually called as he's listening to it. Maybe he was listening to another court, you know, an offensive coach in his ear, and they were talking about that. But I think this will be a moment Shanahan will realize, wait, he can't do that in these moments, and he needs to make sure that he keeps his, you know, brain on managing the football game. But within that, too, I think he's had all these discussions about his philosophy and how he wants situations played, and, you know, the coaching staff and a guy like Steve Wilkes knows where he stands on some of these issues. So I think he's trusting a guy who's also a veteran defensive coordinator and been around that, hey, we've talked about these type of things and how I want to play these moments and all that. And he'll follow through and understands it. And he's been around the block, too. Again, I'm not trying to make excuse for Shanahan. At the end of the day, you're right. It's his fault. But I think those are some of the con- or at least some of the context that goes into the situation and why it was messed up. And and I know and I've learned over the past 23 years of covering this sport that the people who are assigned to cover a given team have to strike a balance when they're going to ask tough, aggressive questions because then you you get the guy pissed off and he doesn't want to cooperate with you and he won't be interviewed by you off to the side. That's what happens in a lot of these press conferences. Definitely. You have the coach speak. And then the coach meets with the gaggle of reporters off to the side for something that may be off the record. But it helps them do their job. It helps them understand the broader context. I would have loved a, a simple follow-up question, though. Why didn't you, why didn't you kill the play? Yeah. Why didn't you get involved? Why didn't you Help call time out? How right, this works. There's a way to do it. Yeah. There's a way to do it. Hey, hey, coach, how much of that is Wilkes' complete and total authority and autonomy how involved are you in possibly saying, whoa, 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 what are we doing here? Sure. I'd love to hear him explain that. Me too. And he'll be available on Friday. Yeah. That's his usual schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I, I hope somebody who covers the team says, we heard from Wilkes yesterday, and they're going to talk to Wilkes today. Maybe they'll say to Wilkes, where's Kyle fit in this whole process of overruling or vetoing whatever it is you're going to do? Do you have full autonomy, or can he say, whoa, 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 whoa? Let's not do that. Let's call timeout. Let's regroup. Let's have a discussion here. We're about we're about to step into a trap yeah, with this right. potentially. Even right. though, and you know, it's funny when you when you're trying to have these conversations with people, they love to move the freaking goalposts around because when you start making progress on this idea that it was a bad play call, what they'll say is, "Oh, Ward should have intercepted it." Yeah, I don't care about that. No. Yes, he should have. Right. But that doesn't change the fact that it was a bad no. play call. That's the they problem. They almost got lucky. Yeah, it's they almost a, it got a saved, 50-50 but it was play. a bad play call. Right, it's a 50-50 play. That's the problem. You're you're just you're hope when a guy makes a play. There was nothing to be gained by that play, by that play call. That's the problem, and that's what we unpacked Tuesday after the football. What was to be gained? Whoa, we have another interception on the stat sheet? Whoa, we got another sack on the stat sheet? I mean, that was the only positive things there for the 49ers. The negative things, we could have gone, you know, we, there was a lot of negatives, and the worst negative that could have happened right there was that right there. So, yeah, there's no excuse for that play call. And and Shanahan, I'm sure, will do better next time. You know, he's he's – He's a guy that's, you know, he is the, the king or, you know, the, 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 the guy that is the, the leader of that organization and has autonomy over everything. So, of course, it all falls back on him, and he knows that. He does. He's also had, you know, two defensive coordinators in the past where, 
you know, he empowers them a little bit, and that's what makes them great because they've talked so much and had these meetings, and he trusts them that they understand his vision for certain situations in, in the football game. You know, Sala, D'Amico, Ryans, right, never had these issues. Steve Wilkes, hey, he's new to the organization here. He's learning the Shanahan 49er way of life on the defensive side of the ball, and he messed up in a big moment. And and it's unfortunate, and it probably cost them the football game. But, yeah, I would bet you that, to your point, Shanahan has learned, you know, in moments like that, I need to just put my tablet aside and really make sure I pay attention to what's being said in the headset of, you know, Dre Greenlaw or Fred Warner, whoever gets the play calls there, and I can make sure I agree with the call. And if I have to manage it and call a timeout and say, hey, 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 forget that call, timeout, call something else, that's stupid, you know, he'll learn from that moment. But I think that's why he said it yesterday, Mike. He's just trying to get it out there. I don't think he's not a throw a guy under the bus type of guy. He's not. I think he's just an honest guy that's going, I'm going to end all the speculation and and all the talk there, and I'm going to get it out, and I'm going to say it, and we're going to move on. And that's that's kind of the way he, he, you know, operates, in, in my opinion there. The only potential positive from that play call for the 49ers would have been to get to Kirk Cousins, have him fumble, as we've seen him do more than a few times over the past five years. Sure, he gets right. hit in the pocket, recover it. Jake Moody field goal, it's 10 to 10 at halftime. It went from 10 to nothing, 10 to 10, just like that. Momentum fully on the 49ers side, but the risk overcame the reward. The risk was Vikings score a touchdown yep. and regain the momentum and carry it into halftime 16-7 and hold on to win 22-17. All right. The Eagles benefited, in my opinion, greatly from the fact that the big question about player availability coming out of Sunday was Bijan Robinson with the Falcons. I think we're talking about that later in the program. I frankly can't yes, remember. Right. But there was an issue with Jalen Hurts, and I noticed it the first time he tried to run the ball during the game. Yeah. What's wrong with Jalen Hurts? He doesn't have his usual burst. He doesn't have his acceleration. We noticed it again Later in the half, by the second half, he was wearing a knee brace. Now, no mention of Jalen Hurts having any type of an injury before the game. No announcement that he suffered an injury during the game. And yesterday, on the Eagles injury report for week eight, game against Washington, no mention of Hurts having a knee injury now. And and people say, well, if he practiced, well, we see all the time, full participant in practice and then there's an injury, knee, hip, elbow, whatever. Here is both Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts from yesterday talking about the Jalen Hurts knee injury that either is or isn't an injury. According to the Eagles, officially, it isn't. Have a listen. We're confident that, that he'll be ready to go, but it's, you know, anytime he's, he's anytime these guys are working through uh, pain and, and things like that, I mean, they got to – you know, we, we anticipate them to go, but like, it's, it, that doesn't mean it's easy. Right. And so, um, you know, works, we're, we're, you know, again, we'll see as we're not going to be out in the field running around today. Um, so I still need a little bit more time to, but I think he's feeling better, but I'll let you, you guys ask him that. And so we're hopeful that, that he'll be no uh, limitations on, on Sunday. Um, you know, I think it's just, um, things happen a part of the game. Um, I've already said that <clears throat> it didn't happen in the game. So, um, you know, it's just something that we're dealing with day by day, taking it one day at a time. 
would have thought Jalen Hurts had a better poker face. <laughs> Look, I went back and watched his post-game press conference after the Sunday night game. Now, we played Sirianni sound on Monday. The way Sirianni phrased it, it sounded like it was something that happened during the game. Never came out and said it, but conjugation, the way he delivered it, I got the impression that he was conceding it happened during the game. And you have to listen closely to Hertz press conference after the game. He does say, he is asked, did it happen during the game? And he just says no. And then the next question comes. It's one of those where you can't really hear all that clearly what the person said. But the person said, did it happen during the game? He said it again yesterday. I've said it didn't, ha- it didn't happen during the game. Okay, fine. So what's going on here, Chris? You got a guy who's got a knee injury that isn't disclosed. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. Right who's clearly not himself. Yeah. And this all gets back to, hey, I I put $100 on the Jalen Hurts over on his rushing number of 45.5 yards or whatever the number was for the game. Well, if I'd have known he had a knee injury, I might have bet the under. I might not have bet it at all. Yeah, I hear you. This is something if the NFL is going to grab all the gambling money it can out of the air and cram it into its pockets – This is something the NFL has a clear obligation to police and enforce. And the teams aren't going to go along with it until the NFL starts clunking heads together and imposing punishment that removes the incentive, the strategic incentive to not disclose to the Dolphins in advance of a big game that the quarterback is banged up. Yeah. If the Dolphins yeah. don't know, yeah. that's to the Eagles' advantage. Yeah, no. Or it's going to take some, like we talked about on, on Tuesday or whatever day it was, some bored rich guy who goes, wait, I bet $100,000 on that game, and I got a lot more money, and I didn't know that guy was hurt. I'm going to sue the NFL or the team or whatever. Uh, I feel like that's the only thing that's going to wake this up. It's not right. It's not right to the gambling community. 100% agreed with you there. The NFL's too buttoned up to let stuff like this happen. So it's a little ridiculous. All right. Um, but my spidey senses tell me, okay, just from this is not even la- – you know, I know we were watching the game together and when he ran out to the right and we were like, man, he not running the same. But I've had other last week versus the Jets – you know, producer Matt Casey, there was a game before that where we commented, like, he doesn't look the same with that extra little burst. And he has had a lot of moments this year where he's gotten on the edge and he just goes down as in almost protecting his knees, right? So, again, I don't know. This is total speculation. But a lifetime of me being obsessed with the game of football and watching it, and that's all I freaking do, that it kind of, to me – Feels like, yeah, it didn't happen in the game. This is something he's been managing maybe here for a few weeks. And, you know, that is that is troubling. You know, yes, the betting public deserves to know. It should be reported the right way. But I also know, too, like, you know, I had a coach text me, like uh, I'm going to say maybe it was two or three weeks ago, that some of the ways teams are skirting these little rules and all this is a guy like Jalen Hurts. And I'm not saying I might have done the same thing. I'm not trying to. But so many guys now have their own people they go see. They go see their own yep. trainer, their yep. own rehab. They don't get rehab at the stadium. And if they've got a guy that they see that they know the team kind of trusts or whatever, you know, a coach like Nick Sirianni, the organization, they might go, hey, don't 
don't go in there. Go see your guy. Then we don't have to report it, and we trust your guy, and you're doing the right things, and we know that. And that's a way to kind of skirt the rules. And I think that could go on too. And I'm not saying that's going on here. I don't know either way. But it's just a little fishy, the whole the whole thing as it stands right now. I think you're on to something. It's the Tom Brady, Alex Guerrero exactly. approach. Where right. there's never a record of Tom Brady getting treatment for this, that, or the other thing. And remember, he played all of 2020 with a fully torn MCL in his knee that they never disclosed right. A single time. And I go back to Brett Favre, 2008 with the Jets, when they were in position to be the top seed in the AFC after beating the Titans on the Thursday night game. Wasn't it the Titans they beat when you were with the Titans, right? 08. Yeah. And then it all fell apart. Yep. It all yes. fell apart for the Jets after that. We were 10-0, and, then and, 0, the next and they year, came into town and beat us. They yeah. were the first team to beat us, and we were like, man, they're, and they made them 9-3, and three, and we were like, Wow. We're gonna. I guess we're gonna see them again in the playoffs, maybe. And then you're exactly right. They fell apart, and I think lost like you know three out of their last four or something like that. And here's what happened. Yeah. When Favre joined the Vikings the next year, and they started asking him about the way the Jets collapsed down the stretch, he had his excuse: "I have a partially torn biceps tendon in my arm." And he kept talking about it and talking about it. And the NFL had to go back and find everybody. They find Eric Mangini. They find Mike Tannenbaum. They find the Jets for hiding it because they had the record of him getting treatment for the biceps tendon. So you're absolutely right. You never have a paper trail that the quarterback or any player has gotten treatment in the facility. If he's going down to the TB 12 shop, or if he's just doing something at home, or if he's Matthew Stafford, and he keeps his mouth shut about it and just deals with it. As I think Matthew Stafford does with plenty of the injuries that he has that we never know about. So maybe that is a way that they're getting around it. But, you know, Chris, if if your assessment's right, that this is something he's been managing for a while, I just went back through all their injury reports this year. He's never named once right. on any of them. Yeah. Not a single time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know, Mike. And and I think those are ways, you know, teams can can skirt the rules a little bit. And I just want to make it sure I'm, I'm, not, I'm certainly not blaming you know, the Eagles or Jalen Hurts. I'd probably do some of the same things if I was him. I, I, I don't. They're going to let you do it. Yeah. If you They're can get away it, with it, it. Exactly. Smoke them if you got them. Right. I mean, that's that's the way it is there. So uh, I, I totally get that. But at the same time, I also get the gambling community and fairness and what the NFL needs to do. And they can't let that go on. That's not right. It's not right. Like you have always said for the NFL to go, Hey, here, give us billions, you know, gambling companies. And then you do wrong by the customers who are trying to, you know, trying to fight an uphill battle and winning against the gambling companies as it is anyways, let alone now they're missing huge pieces of information that should be supplied by the NFL. That, that, that's not right. This is not an anti-Eagles take. Not this at is all. NFL. If you are going to grab every last dollar you can from FanDuel and DraftKings and BetMGM and this one and that one and that one and that one and that one, you better get your house in order. You better make sure that teams are providing fair information to the people out there who are legally wagering their hard-earned money, assuming there's transparency, accuracy, truth, and honesty in the information that they have. And there currently isn't because the NFL isn't demanding it from the teams. Again, we'll have more on that later with the latest on B. John Robinson and how the Falcons are dealing with the fact that the NFL is poking around. We can't say the Dolphins are failing to disclose an injury to Tyreek Hill. He didn't practice on Wednesday due to a hip injury. And this is one of those where 
You'll wonder what's going on. Is he going to miss some time? Let's listen carefully to what quarterback Tua Tonga-Vailoa said yesterday about how you make up for the absence of Tyreek Hill if he does miss the game. Listen and watch carefully to the answer. Yeah, I don't think anyone can can emulate uh, what Tyreek does on the field. His speed, um, his cuts in and out of breaks. I, I don't think there's anyone that can emulate him. He's he's in his own league. He's one of a kind. Um, but needless to say, you know, I, I think people forget about the things that Jalen Waddle can do, the things that he already has done for our team um, since his rookie year. And uh, there's a lot of other guys that I think that you know you you can't sleep on. Um, you know, if, if we couldn't have Tyreek, that would be, you know, tough. But the show goes on. you got to continue to play. And uh, somewhere down the line, we're going to get Tyreek back. And, you know, it has to be one of those things where you never let your foot off the gas and you don't lose uh, that rhythm as a team or as a unit. Somewhere down the line, we're going to get Tyreek back. That yeah. doesn't sound good, Chris. No. That I don't know if that's just words popping out of his mouth, talking about a hypothetical. Well, if we don't have him somewhere down the line, we'll get him back. But boy, the way that he said it, yes. it sounds like he right. knows Tyreek is not just going to miss this week. Tyreek's going to miss some time and somewhere down the line, he's coming back. Uh, agreed. That's, you know, I first, you know, was aware of all this, right. With our group text message yesterday. And I saw you guys, you know, as, as I was kind of sitting there watching film, kind of speculating about the meaning of all that. And then when, when I watched it back, you know, that's the way I took it, whether it was a Freudian slip or whatever you want to say there. Yes. It sounded like he was accessing, Hey, our good player's not going to be there. He's got a skill set that we can't, you know, replace. But hopefully when he's back, we can regain that rhythm again that we've had before he got hurt. Right? I mean, that's how I took it. That's what it sounded like, at least in Chris Sims' quarterback speak world. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, we, you know, they got dangerous guys. There's no doubt about that. They're really good. But they're another level with that guy. He's a total game changer. He's the number one weapon in football. He's the best receiver in football. And he totally changes defensive game plans because of his speed and the ability to attack down the field. And it'll change them. It will. Whether, you know, you know how much, that is what we got to determine. But they certainly won't be as explosive or scary without Tyree Kill. We were showing the clip earlier of what might have been the moment late in the game where he comes up hobbled on that, you know, you know when you got a hip injury, yeah. you kind of walk a little different, you move a little different. That might have been when it happened. And if it's something that's bad enough that may knock him out for a game, um, yeah, you know, it's, it probably didn't happen early and he played through it if it's bad enough that he's going to miss time. But we'll see. We'll see. There's always that element of guy may feel different in the morning and uh, teams have limited obligations as to what they're supposed to disclose. They rarely give us more than they're supposed to. They often give us less than they're supposed to, which has been one of the talking points this week. But the Dolphins at least telling us he didn't practice yesterday and Tua possibly blurting out that he won't be around. They do have Robbie Chosen, who yep. filled in well when Jalen Waddle missed a game. Chase They've Claypool. got Waddle. They've got other weapons. But, but... Somebody on this show was talking not that long ago about Tyree Kill being the MVP of the league. Yeah. So you take away the MVP of the league, right. that offense is going to be a little bit different. I, uh, yes, agreed. Uh, I mean, he's the one that makes it go. 
the, the whole game plan the other night by the Philadelphia Eagles is don't let Tyree Kill go off and go crazy. Let's keep him in front of us. And, yeah, it'll be dangerous still, but we're going to rally and tackle him. And they played zone coverage. They played man-to-man in the first half one play. And it was that beautiful throw Tua made down the left side. It was the only play of the whole first half they played man coverage. And they're a team that likes to dabble in man. They play man a, a, a good amount. But that just shows you what a game changer he is that they were like, hey, the defense we normally play are a good amount. We're not going to play it against this guy right here. And if we do, we're going to put two guys on him. And, of course, they learned and said, hey, well, the hell with that. Two guys Still doesn't cover him either. Right. Still ran by Right. Him. So he's yeah. special. He really is. Now, you're right. This is why, hey, they got Jalen Waddle. This is why they traded for Chase Claypool because if there was an injury to Waddle or Tyree Kill, at least you got now two guys on the field that could still go. Robbie Chosen. You know, decent tight end play. The running backs can run. But, yeah, it's going to be different. The field won't be as wide open without Tyreek Hill. That's the big difference. And, hey, it stinks. As a, as a fan, I sit here. I know they play New England next week. Or this week, excuse me. But next week is the game we want it healthy for because they play the Chiefs in Germany. And I want to see, you know, the get back, get you know, that game and, and just the added influence of Tyreek against his old team. So that's where that would stink too if he's not, you know, capable of playing here the next few weeks. We'll see how it all plays out. We'll be monitoring carefully. We'll be gathering information. We'll be looking for any information that may be out there. Now, Bills fans, Bucks fans, we appreciate your patience through the first 53 minutes of the program. It will be rewarded in the next segment when we do a full breakdown of the game to come tonight to begin week eight. Tampa Bay at Buffalo. More PFT Live right after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 